Okay, so we have Hannah Wilson here on the show today. Hannah, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, in kind of a short intro, three to five minutes, or go as long as you want, actually. Uh, kind of give us a little sense of who you are, what you've been up to, what you're about. Cool. Um, so my name is Hannah. I'm an elopement photographer based out of the mountains of North Carolina. Um, I spend a lot of time in Asheville shooting on the parkway. Um, I've been in business for about two and a half years now. I started off shooting big weddings and then I finally kind of rebranded and relaunched as just elopements only. And I've been doing that ever since. And I can definitely say without a doubt that it's my dream job. I wanted to bring you on specifically uh, because you specialize in elopement weddings. And to be honest, I'm still kind of fuzzy on elopement weddings or uh, what the difference is it the same as a destination wedding? Is there a difference? What are the kind of nuances? Like, give us elopement wedding 101. All right. So I just classify an elopement as a small wedding with under, I want to say like under 25 guests. Um, and then once you go above 25 guests, I sort of start to classify that as like an intimate wedding and anything above 50 guests. I classify that as just like a typical wedding. But with an elopement, typically it's just um, the bride and the groom and maybe a few of their closest friends. Elopements are just very intentional, mm -hmm. whereas a big wedding, in my experience, I feel like big weddings are mostly catered towards other people and not necessarily the bride and the groom. So elopements are a way um, to bring the focus of the wedding day back to the bride and the groom, which is how it should be to begin with, in my opinion. In terms of destination, I think a destination elopement is literally just going somewhere where, you, where you're not typically living and getting married. So like just flying somewhere that's a destination elopement or going international. Obviously that's a destination elopement. Yeah. That's like everyone thinks that when I say destination, they think of like the Bahamas or going to some cruise or on the beach somewhere or, or Europe. But so you're saying an elopement wedding isn't necessarily uh, exotic travel, but, and, but it's also like, I don't know. Cause I, I think elopements has, I think from a traditional standpoint has had some negative connotations. If, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, like, Oh, we're going to go elope, meaning kind of the negative connotation be like, you know, screw our family. We're not we don't need y'all. We're just going to go Las Vegas, get away and do it over the over the weekend. But now it's kind of has it morphed? Has it become not to say like it's become more socially acceptable? Like, how do you see it from your from your perspective? Yeah. So elopements definitely got a bad rap like a few years ago, because like you said, like everyone had that image of running off to Vegas and not telling anybody and eloping. Um, but now they've become like a lot more intentional. Like they're rarely last minute like that. Like I've planned elopements like up to a year in advance. I think it's more so just being intentional about it and really making it about the two of you instead of trying to include, you know, all of these people that you don't even, I don't want to say care about, but they're not your number one, like in your circle. Whereas big weddings, like you invite anybody even if you haven't talked to them in five years, like they get invited. But with an elopement, it's just getting rid of all of the performance aspect and just bringing the focus back to you. Now, did you, when you first got started as a wedding photographer, was what you, did you start in kind of traditional weddings? And then how did, how did you kind of evolve into elopement weddings? Or like, was that the first thing that you did? Or, or is it, I mean, you're in Asheville, North Carolina, so that's a little bit of a travel destination yeah. for some folks. Um, 
how did you kind of get into elopement photography or yeah, so a little bit of backstory. Um, growing up, I always wanted to be a National Geographic photographer. I spent all of my time taking pictures of landscapes and nature um, with that goal in mind. And then I started shooting big traditional weddings in high school um, just as a way to make some extra money on the side. Um, but being in the South, they were all like very large 200 guest church weddings. Um, and I didn't really love that aspect of it, but I loved getting to tell couples stories and being able to document their day and having that huge honor to be there. Then I went to college for commercial photography. I went to Appalachian State and um, my freshman and sophomore years, like I was still dedicated to becoming like, if not a National Geographic photographer, then definitely a landscape photographer. Um, so all of my assignments were me going out in nature and hiking and taking pictures of the landscapes. And then I remember the beginning of my junior year, I came across a photo of um, an eloping couple on their wedding day in their, we in their wedding clothes um, standing in front of Moraine Lake in Banff National Park. And that's kind of when it clicked because I had never seen anything like that. But I was like, that's what I want to do. And that's when I realized I could combine my love of like nature and landscape photography with my love of love because I'm a hopeless romantic and they just kind of go hand in hand. And yeah, that's how my business was born. That is beautiful. That's that's like I'm always I love those kind of stories where it's the I call it like the T pattern, like something that you just these kind of this T pattern or just kind of like almost like X marks the spot, like this perfect cross between one odd skill that you think no one appreciates and then another odd skill. And then you can but together that kind of makes it magical somehow. Yeah, I, I remember it so vividly just sitting there and being like, this is it. It still gives me chills when I think about it, honestly. I know that's cheesy, but. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, did you, were you hesitant at first or when you first got into, I mean, how long did it take you to kind of realize that or to make that commitment in your evolution? Like, I am an elopement photographer. So, like I said, I real, I, I guess I first found out about elopements my junior year um, and I was still like, I thought it would be really cool, but I wasn't exactly sure how to start booking these elopements. So I was still shooting like some traditional weddings. Um, then my senior year, we had to complete our senior portfolio, which is basically um, what determines whether or not we get to graduate. Um, so that is when I fully dedicated myself to elopements and learning how to shoot elopements and learning all about what went into shooting an elopement. I was still pretty clueless because, you know, like none of my classes were elopement photography. So I was definitely having to learn and teach myself along the way. And then I graduated and I spent the next few months going through a course called the elopement photographer course by um, adventure instead. And I, I learned so much. I learned literally everything I know about elopements from that course. So it was with that background and that knowledge that I felt confident to finally rebrand and start turning down big weddings. Tell me about your very first elopement gig. What was that like? Um, let me think actually. So I guess the first elopement that I actually shot was at a vineyard. <laughs> so it wasn't like 
completely like the dream elopement aspect, but I kind of went into it nervous because I was like, I'm not really sure like how this is going to go, but I'm a huge introvert. I don't like being in charge of a bunch of people and having to have a bunch of people listen to me and trying to raise my voice and get people's attention. So the first elopement that I shot, there were only like five people there. And I was like, wow, like I could get used to this completely. Um, and then I guess like the first adventure elopement that I shot was um, a sunrise hike up to Black Balsam Knob in Asheville. And that's kind of when I fell in love with sunrise elopements because we had the place to ourselves. It's usually a pretty popular area, um, but we got there like four in the morning and we had it all to ourselves and it was quiet and um, they said their vows as the sun came up over the mountains and it was just magical. And that's when I was like, yeah, I need to do more of this. Like I need to really um, encourage couples to start doing like sunrise elopements because they're a game changer. From a photographer's standpoint, the, how are you preparing different than say a traditional wedding photographer? Mm -hmm. uh, like what, what we can talk gear, we can talk the day of or the morning of kind of preparation or the, or the night before yeah. stressful, more the oh, stressful yeah. night before. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. So with a traditional wedding, I find I, like photographers aren't as hands-on during a traditional wedding as they are with elopements. Um, so you're not planning the whole entire day for a traditional wedding because that's usually the wedding planner or coordinator's job. Like if anything, you're just kind of making a photography timeline. But with elopements, there is so much more that goes into it um, from location scouting to researching permits and um, to like going back and forth with the couple and figuring out what they want to include in their day and what's important to them and figuring out how we can make that happen. And then um, drafting up timelines so they get like the best light in the mornings and the evenings. Um, and it's like with a traditional wedding, you would not be hiking five miles to a family <laughs> location. <laughs> so I think that's a pretty obvious differentiator. Um, but it's just it you wouldn't wear hiking boots to a wedding yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining all the wedding photographers now wearing their ballet flats yeah. and, their capri and their capris man they would not last a day yeah okay <laughs> but yeah okay so all right so you got the hiking boots mm -hmm. uh in terms of like even camera packages yeah. it's a it's a basically the same or you know you, you now have a do you have a specific backpack are you taking a hiking pack are you taking snacks and all yeah, that and water yeah. yeah so i carry a gregory pack and i've um kind of transformed it into my camera harness so i put some um ropes on it to secure my cameras so they're on my hips so that's basically my camera strap it's my backpack and my cameras hanging there so i have them ready um and yep, I pack all the snacks. I've got an emergency elopement kit that has like hairspray, a sewing kit, literally anything that you might need on your elopement day. Um, first aid kit, water, mm -hmm. all of the things. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're almost like, not to say you're the pack mule, but you know, they, yeah. the, <laughs> the bride and groom, they can't, they can't have all that because that, that would kind of ruin the photo. So you're like, yeah. You're I'm the carrying this heavy pack. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. 
<laughs> it's so worth it though. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and for, cause you know, I don't, each bride and groom, they have no experience. This right. is probably, you know, they've no, no experience. Like what do we do for an elopement? Like, are you, since you are so much more involved in the planning process, are you, you're telling them, you're briefing them like, Hey, make sure you do this. Make sure you wear these types of shoes. Are you, what's the kind of brief that you give them? Yeah. So I always send out an elopement planning guide and there's a really nifty checklist um, where I include literally anything they could possibly think of. I've had couples show up on like a winter elopement without hand warmers. And that's when I realized, mm -hmm. oh, I should probably create something to prepare them. I mean, luckily I had extra, but I just send out this guide and it has logistical um, tips, things you might need, telling them like different options for um, like layers underneath, literally anything you could think of that they wouldn't necessarily be focused on since it's their wedding day. Since 2020, this kind of phrase has started to bubble up more, the kind of micro wedding. And I want to know the kind of is... Is that becoming the new normal? Is are are you starting to get more inquiries about these kind of micro weddings, or do you consider is an elope like is an a micro wedding just kind of an umbrella term for an elopement? Or um, it see it seems like the trend is like let's I mean obviously let's have let's not have two hundred people at this wedding. Let's have ten people at this wedding, and then does it, the conversation kind of morph into? Or I'll back up. Within the almost in the sales process too, like when people are saying, "Hey, we're having a micro wedding," do you even push say, "Hey, well, you know, you can go up in the mountains and we can take some photos, and that could be like an elopement photography session." Yeah, so I feel I'll start off by saying I feel like the only good thing to come from COVID is a rise in elopements and small micro weddings because mm -hmm. a lot of people like didn't even know that was a possibility but now they're being kind of forced to reevaluate mm -hmm. things so they're not having to continue pushing their wedding back so they'll start to cut down their guest list um and i have had couples come to me being like we've got 10, 15 guests, but we're not really sure like what route we want to take it. And then whenever I like I step in and I start suggesting different locations and they're like, oh, I didn't even know like we could get married on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Well, what, well, kind of give me the sales pitch that, you know, if, I, if I'm a bride and groom and what are the kind of benefits of, you know, from a photography standpoint, what are the benefits as a as a couple for an elopement? versus traditional 100, 200 people guest wedding? Yeah, so I really think that elopements, I'm not going to say cheaper, but elopements, you're, you're not spending money on all of the unnecessary details like mm -hmm. place settings and food for 200 people and extensive like details and florals. I mean, you can't mm -hmm. still have a bouquet, but you're really just focusing on like the time that you're spending. I'm a bride and groom. I'm thinking about, okay, we can do the traditional. We have this budget. Mm -hmm. We, you know, outside of COVID, we can, okay, we can, let's have a 200 person wedding mm -hmm. or have a, like in terms of like what the photos will look like or mm -hmm. yeah, maybe talk about that. Like the, your experience in those photo sessions, because you've done traditional weddings mm -hmm. and you know what those photo sessions are like, where yep. there's a timeline, yep. there are, you're herding cats. You're trying to get everybody 
okay, hey, everybody, let's get together. All right, where's grandma? And, yeah. uh, but if it's uh, if it's a smaller wedding, if it's a an elopement wedding, what are the differences as a photographer in that session? Like when you're when you're kind of coaching people, when you're being creative, what do you, what have you seen are the differences? Yeah, so I'm I will say that elopements are a lot less stressful than big weddings um, because whenever I'm tailoring a timeline for a couple, I make sure to include time for spontaneity so that the day isn't rushed. And, um, whenever it's a small wedding and it's just you two and even a couple guests, like you're not obligated to show up like for a cocktail party for like 200 people. Like you don't have to be back at this certain time to be announced at the reception. And during wedding days, like, it makes me so sad to see brides just feeling so rushed and stressed. Um, I've had a few brides say to me, they're just ready for it to be over with. And that breaks my heart because it's the most important day of your life. And you're just wishing it would be over with. But with an elopement, like you're thoroughly enjoying every second because you're doing the activities that you love, like hiking and climbing and riding in a canoe or yeah, anything like that. Like it's all about you and the things that you love and you're not doing it to put on a show for anybody else. Now, if you were to sell a photographer, a photographer is asking you like, okay, I'm thinking about getting into elopement mm -hmm. uh, from a creative standpoint. What is that like? If, if I don't have to follow these timelines is the, cause I would think that having such an open schedule could be intimidating to some photographers. Like, you know, normally it's like you have 20 minutes to get this shot. And then people kind of uh, people like that pressure sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when you say like you have six hours to get these shots, <laughs> is that is that too much time? Is that too much creativity? <laughs> well, I kind of find that those six hours aren't even enough. Like time flies. I know they say time flies when you're having fun, but it really does. And you're having fun on a, an elopement day. Um, and say you have like a six hour elopement, it's not just like a six hour long photo shoot. Like mm -hmm. you're kind of fading into the back and just kind of documenting the day as it unfolds. So you're not like constantly saying, okay, now look over here and smile and do this pose and do this pose. Like you're kind of just along for the ride and along for the adventure. And I'm, that's what I love about elopements. Okay. Now I'm getting the Nat Geo angle. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, you're in nature. Yeah. It just, it just, yeah. you're, just a, you're just documenting. Yep. You're just doc awesome. <laughs> um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, it's, it's obvious like an elopement wedding is going to be a little bit cheaper just logistically. You know, yeah. we don't, we don't have to feed 200 people. We just have to feed 10 to 15 people. Yeah. Does that, do you find that that affects the photography budget too, or, or the pricing conversations uh, do they kind of expect it to be cheaper or, or what, you know, kind of tell me about the, let's talk about the business aspects of it now. Yeah. So I guess it kind of depends on the couple that is inquiring. So mm -hmm. I have, I definitely have had couples that just want me for like two hours and don't understand why I charge 1500 for two hours. Um, mm -hmm. That, that's kind of a rare thing more so. It's couples that are really, really valuing the photography aspect and are completely ready to invest most of their budget into the photography. So that's really worked out for me. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely has to do with your pricing and getting to those 
upper level. I don't know how to say this and not sound rude. Go for it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll cover for you. Yeah. So whenever you charge more and you're kind of offering a luxury experience, you're going to bring in those kind of clients that are expecting that, if that makes sense. Oh, I say that all the time. That, no, that's not yeah. offensive. Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> Cheap. Yeah. No, the, it's the more expensive you think is going to be higher pressure. Yeah. The more expensive weddings, higher budget is like, more stress-free because they're like, yeah, just take care of it. You yep. got this. Yeah. And anytime like a price shopper comes to me and I do give them a discount, like mm-hmm. there have been times when it's kind of like come back and bit me in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're the, often the hardest clients because yeah. they're always just going to nickel and dime you or like. Absolutely. Yeah. Turn, like, hey, we, we asked for 400 photos. This is 399 photos. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, tell me about, oh, I kind of want to ask, so, so you find that the price is not too different or that it's even better because now we have way more room in the budget. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so you can, in a way you can kind of raise your prices or you can feel like you're not like, they're not coming in cheap. Yeah. If it is sort of travel, how, like how, now how does that like, what are your costs as an elopement photographer when you're kind of. Uh, client comes to you say, maybe it is in Asheville, maybe it's not, maybe it's somewhere, you know, some other mountain range that they want to visit. Uh, how are you factoring your costs, travel cost, um, estimations? Um, yeah, what what kind of goes into your your process when you're kind of, when you're, you're listening to a client tell you about their dream wedding? How are you kind of factoring in those costs? Yeah, so all of my packages include travel. I have um, three different tiers of pricing. So I have local pricing and then I have anywhere in the United States pricing and then I have um, destination pricing. So the local ones are like in surrounding states where maybe I would have to get an Airbnb, but I'm not going to have to like book a plane ticket and stuff like that. So I'll include maybe about $500 for travel within um the surrounding states. And then if they're wanting to elope anywhere in the United States where I would have to fly, I just include a thousand dollars to cover travel for destination. Then I tack on um, two thousand dollars because there's a lot more going into it whenever you're flying international. But I find like already including your travel prices in your packages um, and making them like all encompassing is a lot better than um, like a client booking you and you getting the initial invoice and then sending another invoice once you book your flight and your hotel and stuff like that. And then them having to unexpectedly pay an additional thousand dollars. So if you include it up front, they already know what they're paying for. And um, whenever it just says travel included, they're not like, why are we paying you a thousand dollars? for travel, you know, like just having it all encompassing, um, has really worked out for me. I think that sounds like the exact right thing to do. I used to work for a company and they would bill their travel afterwards. Yeah. So, and it never made sense to me. I was like, why, you know, they would, cause we, they made us keep all our receipts, mm-hmm. all our gas receipts, hotel snacks. Yeah. And, and then we submit those to the client and it's like, why does a client need to see that I got a double cheeseburger and not a single cheeseburger? Right. Like, just, uh, you know, so I, w- I would always push for, yeah, yeah, give a big, broad number yep. and then 
if you go over budget, that's your fault. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you go under budget, then great. You made a little profit and they all they have to worry about is just a, a big round number, $1,000. They don't have to see like, you know, $900.67. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So. And I didn't do that at first. It was a game changer once I realized because I was having, you know, couples being hesitant, being like, okay, well, our budget is... 2000 like how much is travel going to cost? Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, well, I don't really know right now because I haven't booked anything. And so, yeah, it is just so much better to include it. I won't say a bad wedding experience, but tell me about a, a learning experience or uh, we all because we, we in on this podcast, we have to talk about our mistakes. We have to talk about our flaws. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about a an elopement that and don't mention names, mm -hmm. but an elopement that didn't go exactly as planned or like something where you made a mistake or maybe, you know, you talk about travel costs. Mm -hmm. Tell me, give me a, a small horror story. Mm. <laughs> well, there was an elopement where I broke my ankle. <laughs> okay, here we go. So yeah, that happened. Um, it, the elopement was perfect. And then it got dark outside and we were kind of shooting like on... It was a grassy area, but there was a hole and I stepped in it and I broke my ankle, but I kind of just pushed through it because I was like, I don't know if this is actually broken and I don't want to make this about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just continued to shoot on a broken ankle. Um, Did you go to the hospital later or was it like a couple, like you get an x-ray? They're like, yep, broken. Yeah. So I went about a week before I got an x-ray because I was like, I don't know. I've never broken a bone. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like, but I was like, this definitely hurts. So I finally did get an x-ray and it was indeed broken. All right. Now I have to ask you about uh, tips for becoming an elopement photographer. I have been doing traditional weddings. Traditional weddings are kind of going down by the wayside. Uh, my clients keep asking me about micro weddings or they're, you know, there's only, they only have 15 guests. Uh, how do I get into an elopement photography or like, how do I start branding myself as an elopement photographer? What do I need to do to, to kind of step into that uh, side of the industry? Yeah. So I feel like now is the perfect time to start transitioning your business to that, because if you're only shooting large weddings right now, then you're not going to have very many bookings coming through. Um, so my number one tip, like whenever you're trying to rebrand yourself as an elopement photographer is only showing um, images that could maybe pass as an elopement on your social media and your website. So if you're not wanting to shoot big weddings, don't show big weddings. Um, you can always like set up styled shoots. You can get like pretty cheap wedding dresses off of Amazon for like under a hundred bucks and um, just find like a couple of friends to model for you and um, just start putting that work out there. And then it only makes sense if you're showing that kind of work that you'll start getting inquiries for that. What about location? Like where I live, let's say I live in Washington, D.C. or I live in kind of a city. Is there an advantage, not to say like move out to the country, but is there an, do you find an advantage living in Asheville that you're kind of local to an elopement destination? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like if you were to live in a city or somewhere that didn't necessarily have like these really pretty landscapes, like you would almost have to travel to these places um, mm -hmm. and just set up some shoots while you were out here so you could start booking in those places. So like if there's a place that you want to shoot, say you want to shoot an elopement in Colorado, 
then go to Colorado and set up a styled shoot and start putting that work out there. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been really fortunate to live in the Blue Ridge Mountains where so many people come to, like, especially during the fall. Well, I got to ask, because you have sort of a, a mobile workstation. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, because you, you are in an RV right now, or you're doing tiny living. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, or or is that kind of the original plan or the kind of the synergy all meeting together? Yeah, so I have been obsessed with tiny living since I was in high school. Like I've always dreamt of just like living on the road in a van or a bus or something and just traveling and shooting. And that sort of went hand in hand with my National Geographic goal. I was like, I'm just going to live in a van and I'm just going to go to national parks and just shoot all of these <laughs> landscapes. Um, and I did so much research and after years of like trying to really decide what I wanted. Like, did I want a van? Did I want a bus or a tiny house or whatever? Um, I finally decided on a camper because they're small and lightweight and I can leave it somewhere and then go adventure because I like if you have a van or a bus, like that's pretty limiting on where you can actually go. Um, but the goal is um, to just live like I've been living in this camper for about five months full-time um and it's definitely been a dream come true but the goal is to just live on the road full-time in this and maybe like set up shop in like Colorado for a few months and then like during the winter go to Arizona and um yeah that's that's perfect <laughs> yeah and then and then you're like then you can brand yourself or like you pretty much because I feel like for some photographers are they brand themselves based on where they live, mm -hmm. and that's kind of like their little. They yeah. can't go beyond that. But for you, you're now saying like, I got basically like the entire Southwest, or I yeah. can be East Coast in the wintertime, or West Coast in the summertime. Yeah, for sure. Like my biggest fear is getting stuck. So I have done everything I possibly can to keep that from happening. Um, so I'm just like trying to brand myself as like a Colorado elopement photographer and an Arizona elopement photographer. And over the summer, I did go out there and plan some shoots so I could forward market and start booking stuff for whenever I can finally get out there. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just in Asheville, um, kind of stationary until I get a vehicle that will actually tow my camper. Um, but yeah, it's the off season. So this is like the perfect time to start working towards that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, with um, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty dangerous with, <laughs> with being uh, just almost this kind of U.S. countrywide photographer. Because mm. do you find that that, in my mind, I think that's dangerous. Because if you're getting inquiries from all over, mm. you're like, cool, I'm there. I yeah. can, I can drive there. I can live there. I can set up camp here. Mm -hmm. Do you find? I mean, do you find that that's an advantage, or do you see it as a? Have you as a when you're talking with brides they kind of send you inquiries mm -hmm. and it's not from Asheville or it's from you're getting from Iowa or getting from Colorado how do you like what is your perspective on it so I definitely think it takes a certain type of person to be willing to travel for work like that um but the way I'm trying to do it is to you know announce my travel schedule and to book weddings while I'm in those areas like I would still gladly book a wedding in a state that I'm not in. Like I said, I think it takes a certain type of person and I love traveling. I just want to be on the road and I want to travel. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. <laughs> I will say that, but oh, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so Hannah, thanks for being on the show. Uh, where can we find your work? Website, Instagram, podcast, Ooh. whatever. Plug away. Yeah, so my Instagram is at Hannah I Wilson. No H on the end of Hannah. My parents had to make it complicated and spell my name wrong. Um, and then also HannahWilsonPhotography.com. It's we're, it's January now. We're kind of you're in the off season. Yep. Where where are your next weddings? Where are you kind of traveling to this year? Yeah, so I've got a bunch of elopements in the Asheville area up until June. And after June, I am trying to make the leap and go to Colorado and um, stay out there until October. And then I plan to come back to Asheville um, for peak, peak week and to see all the really pretty leaves. And then um, next January is when I plan to go to Arizona for the winter. Whoa. Okay. That's so it, you're like a, you're like a Canadian goose. Yep. Just, just go, go where the season is. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, Wayne, well, thanks so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is just a taste of everything that I'm offering over here in the Perfect Wedding Package. This is the kind of stuff where you're able to really take a step back. Like I, I want to really emphasize that you need some outside perspective on what you're offering your clients. To look at your product, repackage it, put it in a unique combination of ways that says like... I am unique. This is how I'm going to raise my prices. This is worth it. Like when you finally make the perfect wedding package, you no longer feel the need to justify or you no longer have that fear that a client is going to look at your prices, feel that sticker shock and say, no, you're too expensive. We're not going to go with you. Sticker shock comes from your failure to communicate what it is that you offer. And when you're able to put together a, a kick-ass offering and say, like, these are all the things I'm going to provide. I'm not just going to provide a simple, I'm going to show up and shoot your wedding and give you some digital prints and call it a day and I'll maybe do an engagement session. You're able to think about everything that you can do as a photographer to make their experience as unique and powerful and as memorable as possible. And you say, here is the package. Boom, boom. I keep doing this with my hands. You learn all of this in the perfect wedding package. And then you're able to attach a huge price tag next to that. And so that you're not having this horrible race to the finish off season where you feel like you're running out of gas. If you're barely making it to the finish line, you go, how can I keep doing this every year? I can't keep shooting 50 weddings a year. There's got to be another way. And this is what I want to offer you guys. I want to give you guys an option. This is your chance to get out of that cycle of saying, I can't keep doing this or my clients are killing me. The answer, Jordan, I have to shoot less projects, but if I shoot less projects, then I'm going to make less money. You can do something like this. Take the perfect wedding package, understand how you can raise your price, make a, a better and more valuable offering to your clients so that when you can raise your prices, you can do less. And you can start to think and step back a little bit more. And instead of at the very end in the off season, you're having to do your reviews and take a breather that you can do, take a breather in the middle of the wedding season that you can take a breather after each project because you're not having to hustle all the time. Your price, if you raise your prices, if you raise your prices, you're able to take a second to breathe and you're able to have better clients and provide a better client experience. As a wedding photographer, I want you guys to go to theperfectweddingpackage.com. Check it out. It's the perfect wedding. I'll, I'll give you the whole breakdown. It's the perfect wedding package. It comes with a template where I show you exactly how you need to frame your prices, frame your offering, 
and you get the you get the whole PDF InDesign template as well as a video lesson just like this where we walk through each step. I'm not going to leave you hanging and just give you a template and say figure it out. We're going to go through step by step and say this is how you do it. This is the things to watch out for. These are the traps you might fall into. Here is how I would present my prices to my wedding client. And on top of that, you're also going to get a wedding photographer website audit. I want to go to your website. I want to take a look at everything that you're offering. You know, I'll give you comments about the fonts, about where I would place the picture, what kind of navigation I would have, and like, and give you an overall perspective while using your website. All right. So now we get that's a $2,000 offer. You got the template. That's an, an dollars is $250. I'm losing my math here. And then we're also, I'm also going to offer you, if you sign up for the perfect wedding package, I'll also do a one-on-one -on -one pricing workshop with you. So you watch the videos of me, you read the template, and now you and I get to set up a personal phone call, video call, phone call, whatever you feel comfortable with, where we go through and I say, let me see your prices. Let me see the template you built. And we, and I'll give you some feedback and I'll say, and we can even do a role play. We can even do some practice rounds as, as a client and say, like, what would, you know, here's what I would do differently. Here's how I would improve this. So you get real time. And I want you guys to I want you guys to get this wedding package and have it up and running so that when you're when the new season is up and you're ready to go, you got clients in the door and you're handing over this wedding package to them. And they're saying this makes sense. Here's the result I want you guys to get. I want you guys to double your prices, triple your prices overnight. To, and I want you guys to be blown away and, and feel nervous. Like, there's no way I can be charging this, Jordan. Like, this is insane. I've never charged this amount of money before. And you're telling me this is what I should put in front of my clients. And I'm saying, hell yes. Put that right in front of your client. You need to have the confidence to do it. And, and they're going to buy it. They're going to, they are going to choose this option. Trust me. And when they, and like I said at the beginning of this whole episode, it takes a certain amount of belief. That you have to believe that this is all possible. And maybe that's my, maybe that's job number one for me is I need to make you believe that this is all possible. You get the pricing workshop. That's another $2,000 value. Months from now, I want you guys to still have access to me. So I want to offer as well the, the third bonus as a part of the whole wedding package, the perfectweddingpackage.com is you get access to me on Discord. Anytime a thought comes up, you want to work, you know, you got, you redid your pricing template sheet again, and I want you to send it over to me, send me an, a message on Discord and say, hey, Jordan, I need some help with this. Here's what I'm working with. And when I want you to go through it in real time, and you also will have a community there. We'll all be together as photographers, as creatives, working together supporting each other. That, that's what I want it to, it to be as well. A safe place where you can say, hey, I need help with my pricing. I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm a little bit nervous. I got a client coming up. Uh, what should I do, Jordan? So all of that, that entire thing, the three bonuses I just mentioned, the templates, the video lessons, all of that is a $5,000 offer. And I'm going to offer it to you guys for $97. It's $97 on theperfectweddingpackage.com. Head over there. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you guys for watching. My name is Jordan P. Anderson, and I'll see you on the next one.